Hello, birders. Welcome to Bird Facts with Kristen and Maeve. I'm Kristen, amateur bird watcher extraordinaire, and I'm a master's student at Harvard Divinity School. And I'm Maeve, bird knowledge novice and student at heart. And in this podcast, Kristen tells me facts about a bird a week, and I listen and ask questions. We're still figuring ourselves out and our structure may change, but we are so excited to start this bird journey together with all of you. So we will be learning along with you. This will be a short and fun podcast. Our episodes will usually be 15 minutes long, maybe shorter sometimes, and we occasionally will have guests. So escape into nature with us and away from your daily life and learn a thing or two along the way. So Kristen, what bird are we talking about this week? I'm excited about our bird today. We are talking about the brown-headed cowbird. And the reason that we are investigating the cowbird this week is because last week we learned about the catbird, the gray catbird, which is, uh, well, the brown-headed cowbird, I'm getting ahead of myself, is uh, famous for being a parasitic bird and that it lays its eggs in other birds' nests and doesn't have to invest energy in raising its young. So it came up last week with the gray catbird as a bird that could recognize cowbird eggs and push them out of the nest. So that would be fun to jump into the, the popular cowbird and tell our listeners what's going on there. Exactly. I love this uh, through line that we have, this like saga of eggs. Yes. <laughs> so a parasitic bird is one that lays their eggs in nests that aren't theirs. Yeah. So is it's that called, correct? It's called brood parasitism. Oh. And the, the cowbird is the most famous one. I did not look into any others. And there is actually several different species of cowbird. So if folks want to learn more, we can definitely cover additional species in future episodes. I did a quick search on Audubon Society and I saw at least three different types. Mm -hmm. So yeah, lots of opportunities. Yes, very exciting. So the scientific name for the brown-headed cowbird is Molothrus otter, and the family is Icteridae. The description of the, it's a smallish blackbird. Males are about seven and a half to eight and 0.7 inches long. Males are pretty distinctive. They have a brownish head and then the body is black and they have this sort of beautiful iridescent color that in the sun, they're kind of almost glittery. And the females are the same shape, a little bit smaller. The average size is about one inch less on either side. And they're plain brown mm. and both you can recognize they have a, a finch like beak. Now let me show you the picture. Yes, I don't know if I can conjure in my head what a finch's beak looks like. Uh, well, you'll see in a second when I pull up this. So this is the, oh. the male and the, the finch has a sort of short yeah. thick beak. It's a very distinct kind of looking beak. I was just thinking that it's like, the opposite of a, a parrot. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's very tiny. Yeah. And then this is the, the female. Oh, oh, the female's very cute. Yeah. Very so cute. similar shape, but less distinctive with the sort of plain brown colors. Oh my gosh. Um, they are uh, noisy birds, according to these websites. And again, all the information for today came from the Audubon Society website or the uh, Cornell Lab. Mm -hmm. Here is the song. Oops, it would help if I turn my sound on my phone. Mm 
Did you hear that? Very high pitch and a little kind of like a bell ringing. Yeah. They have lots of noises. Gosh. You described as sort of whistles and trills and whips. Um, I'm going to say like a kettle whistling. And then I also found one recording of a whole flock of them all talking at once, which I thought you'd like. Gosh. (laughs) It's a cafe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Covered cafe. I love it. Yes. So the habitat of the brown-headed cowbird is they like open habitats like fields, pastures, Mm. meadows, forest edges. They like lawns. You can often see them at the top of tree branches. Mm. Um, As for where they live, we have um, right here. So there's a year-round population that's along the western United States, some into Mexico, and just a little strip along the uh, western coast of the United States. The breeding population is kind of around the Midwest and the western states, a little bit of Canada. And then they do a short range migration, which is just a little, some of the population goes down to the southern tip of Florida, some of the island nations off the coast of Florida, and then a little bit into Mexico as well. And their general behavior is they feed on the ground with other birds, so like starlings. So you usually see them hopping around the ground, digging, mm-hmm. looking for bugs. Um, they, the males like to gather on lawns and strut and display for mates. They're so glittery. They have yeah. to. And then I found some cute pictures I'll show you in a, in a moment where when the males call, they kind of puff out their whole body and they sort of look like You'd imagine like a, a cat that's gotten wet and is very unhappy about it. And it's <laughs> yes. like, Whoa! yeah, cute. Okay. And so last week we talked about the cat bird who can be pretty aggressive and territorial, although mm-hmm. it's really tiny. Um, so I'm not getting the sense that the cowbird is nearly as, uh, as aggressive with other animals if it's hopping around with others. Yes, that's correct. I, one interesting thing I was holding myself back from looking up the this bird in the scientific papers you know because I have access to databases at school exactly yeah I thought part of this podcast was being able to find information online that's easy that our listeners could access Mm. as well so I was limiting myself to what I can find on the Audubon Society and Cornell Mm. Lab and most of what I learned is that it's kind of hard to study the social behaviors of birds that don't raise their own young Mm, I see. So most of the information we have is more observing them in their um, Mm. kind of just regular everyday behavior. And I didn't see any evidence of them attacking other birds or causing problems for mm. other birds other than the nest parasite, parasitism. And so they never go back after they estimate that (laughs) their birds have hatched. They just kind of drop them off and... Actually, Here this go, is Cardinal. one of the, I was getting into the fun facts next. And one of them oh is gosh. actually, there's a lot of people asking, you know, is, should, if I see a cowbird egg in a nest in my backyard, should I remove it for the sake of the bird species in my backyard? Mm-hmm. And the big answer from the ornithologist is no. Hmm. And one of the reasons is that there uh, was a paper published, I forget what year it was, that found significant evidence that cowbirds do come back. And if their egg is no longer there, they can destroy all of the other eggs in the nest. So it's possible. Vengeance. 
it is possible that some of these other birds are recognizing the cowbird egg and raising it anyway because they oh. want to raise the rest of their young. Um, and I found some fun pictures. I'm going to show you, do a little slideshow once we're done with the fun facts, because in some cases, you know, a small sparrow raising a cowbird, a young cowbird that's just not quite ready to fly can be the size of a starling, which is, you know, almost twice the size of a sparrow. So there's pictures of these adult sparrows feeding these baby birds that are larger than themselves. Mm, this is like Tarzan. I love yeah. it. So good. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't find anything online about how this behavior, the parasitism, became out of, was selected for in evolution. Mm -hmm. I know there's some theories around, there's evidence that they follow herds of bison around, because as the bison mm -hmm. walk, they sort of dig up insects in the ground. So it's possible, but there's, mm -hmm. I, don't, I couldn't find any evidence that that's where that behavior might have come from, as, they, mm -hmm. they're, as they're moving along. Uh, they can save a lot of energy by just laying eggs in different nests. Uh, they can parasite, parasitize over 200 different species of North American birds. Wow. Uh, so they, they're not choosy. It's, it's really based on location. Well, it, it really depends. What I learned was that one female cowbird will typically continue to parasitize the same species of bird each season. Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. And they're more often birds that are around their same size or birds that have eggs that are around the same size. Because there's some evidence that birds that lay a nest, lay eggs, can kind of sense the mass of the eggs. Okay. And when there's an imbalance that way. And this is maybe too much cowbird psychology, or not cowbird, but um, other species psychology. But do you think um, for example, if they laid it in the nest of a sparrow, um, would the sparrow know that there's a risk that destroying the cowbird egg could result in the destruction of their eggs? I mean, is that a little too... <laughs> I don't think so. I think <laughs> for psychology? From what I've read, it seems like it's, pos it's quite possible, uh, but there's no way to really prove, prove that. Right. You know, because there, there is a lot of evidence that the cow bird does go and destroy all the other eggs. And it's possible mm -hmm. that a bird will remember that having happened. Mm, sure. Okay. But there's no way to really construct a scientific study. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then some of the smaller birds that do recognize the parasitism and fight against it that are uh -huh. too small to push the eggs out of the nest will just build a new nest on top of their first oh. nest. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it wasn't clear if they uh, would then just lay new eggs again or, or just yeah. start over next year. It wasn't very right on laying on top of their previously laid eggs. Yeah. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah, and then another interesting fact is the the babies of the cowbirds tend to be larger and mature faster than the other baby birds. So then they have mm. a natural ability to get more resources. So sometimes you can recognize a cowbird baby because it will have its eyes open when the other babies don't have their eyes open yet, or it's, it's a little bit bigger. Um, so they can outcompete their fake siblings for resources. Wow. And then the last fun fact I thought was very interesting is that, you know, people were wondering, how does a cowbird know it's a cowbird? Yeah. And what <laughs> other cowbirds are. And if it, yeah, if he's never seen a, another cowbird. Yeah, this is Tarzan. 
Yeah, <laughs> like that Charizard comparison. It's fun. Uh, so scientists think that cowbirds can recognize that their voice sounds different than the other birds in the nest. Mm. And it listens to itself and it can recognize the sound other birds of its own species make. That's the, the theory that I found. I see, I see. I have a question in general about baby birds. Yes. So <laughs> and it probably depends on the species and the behavior, but you said the cowbird baby will compete for resources, which makes sense because it wants to survive and it has that, you know, evolutionary biological drive to survive. But do baby birds assist with the nest or um, providing resources? Or is it that when they get to that age and that ability to care for others, they've, they've flown, <laughs> flown the coop um, because they can take care of themselves? Mm. Like how much of like a family system are, do birds participate in? That's a good question. And I think for further research from my mm -hmm. own observation as just an amateur bird watcher, I do see that, uh, you know, like with robins, for example, I see that the juveniles, you can recognize them once you've learned what they look like, will sometimes stay with the parents, even though they've mm -hmm. flown out of the nest. I mm -hmm. see the, the parent going around and hopping around and getting the worms and then bringing it over to the juvenile. Oh my gosh. So I would, I would, my educated guess would be that it depends on the species. Sure. Okay. So I imagine some birds fly out of the nest and they fly on out and they're right. see you later and others might be more involved. Um, hmm. As far as having families over different years, I, that I'm not sure that we'd have to look up. Okay. Interesting. So I know some species of bird mate for life, some uh -huh. mate for season some are just all around everybody all the time you know right. so just there's a lot of variance in behaviors in birds which is why we love them yeah and then the last thing i was going to show you this fun sort of um oops the zoom menu is right underneath oh yeah in my way of the tabs here oh here we go So here we've got pictures and you can get, uh, this is a better quality picture than I was showing you before where you can kind of see the iridescent quality of the oh, bird. I do, it almost looks like stained glass. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. kind of black and blue. Um, and if you're looking far away and you're new at identifying birds, it can be hard to see the, the mm. brown difference, especially if you don't have, uh, what do you call it, binoculars. Mm-hmm. And then there's the female. And then what really tickled me here is as we go through, we see they've got these nice little titles for these pictures. And this is on the Cornell Bird Lab website. And the very last one, oh, here is titled Habitat. Oh my gosh, there's, there's like 25 cowbirds on this beautiful horse. Yes, I just thought it was funny that the very last one's called Habitat and it's a picture of a horse and it's just got a bunch of cowbirds on its back. It's so adorable. And it looks like the horse is in motion as yeah. if he's like transporting, it's like a bus. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, top down, riding Calvary free, highway. I love it. Calvary Highway. I love that. 
Wow. And then on the left here, you can see this male mm. on display for the female. As I was kind of describing, I thought this kind of reminded me of a, of a wet cat. Very puffy. He yeah. looks like an ornament that you'd put on a tree. Yeah. Just like that round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of like a fluffy tennis ball, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great resource. All right, so that's all my fun facts. Did you have any other questions about the cowbird or birds? Not that I can think of. I, I asked quite a few. I am intrigued. I can't, I'm going to look up videos after this to, to watch them hop along. Um, yeah. Are there any announcements that we'd like to share before we close? So the only annou announcement is that we were thinking of adding a segment called Kristen Messed Up. <laughs> where each week if I say something that's inaccurate or I miss something that will do a little bonus episode where I describe the truth uh, I, I will expand on bird calls as I know I said some incomplete information on the first episode um, so that's forthcoming and, and we're all thing, learning together yes that's, that's the point yeah, yeah it's not a mistake it's just we're all learning <laughs> I also learned that I had said we would post all of these things we've talked about to the Instagram account. And then I've been in charge of the Instagram account and did not do that. So I promise for those of you following us on Instagram, the pictures of the migratory map, the different pictures of the descriptions I've talked about will all be on the Instagram account. So you can actually, from this point forward, follow along with the episode as we're talking and not be wondering what we're talking about. <laughs> Yay. Thank you, Kristen. I mean, we're, as we said, we're figuring ourselves out and part of that is technology. So mm -hmm. thank you everyone for being patient. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Kristen, for putting all this effort into updating the Instagram so people can follow along. Yes, of course. And then next week's bird is going to be a surprise species of gull. With a oh, this guest. is so exciting. Mm -hmm. This is, this is going to be peak and we're only episode three. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> I just did chef's kiss for those who heard a, a wet noise, but it was me <laughs> just, <"Mwah." laughs> it was beautiful. It was perfect. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this episode. The recordings that we played today are from the Merlin ID app used for educational purposes. A lot of this information came from the Audubon Society and the Cornell Lab. We want to thank our friend Savannah for the beautiful artwork and thank all of you for listening. Um, if you're so inclined, you can follow us on Instagram at birdfactspod or send us an email at birdfactspod at gmail.com. And if you want to ask us questions or if you have an interest or special interest in birds and want to connect slash be on the podcast slash suggest a bird, just let us know. All right, that's all for now. Goodbye, birders. I'm Kristen. And I'm Maeve. Happy birding. Happy birding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye all.